Cloudcast Media presents from the massive studios in Raleigh, North Carolina. This is the Cloudcast with Aaron Delb and Brian Gracely, bringing you the best of cloud computing from around the world. Good morning, good evening, wherever you are, and welcome back to the Cloudcast. We are coming to you live from the massive studios here in Raleigh, North Carolina. Aaron, uh, today is, is kind of a special show, man. How are you today? Not too bad, not too bad. Um, you know, I hadn't been on in a while, so I almost feel like a guest at this point. Um, <laughs> but it's good to be back, and, and certainly a milestone. I show three hundred. Yeah, it's uh, what we're, we're we're about. I don't know, a little over six years in, uh, three hundred shows. So we're. I mean, if nothing else, it says we've uh, we've been relatively consistent. We've been trying to crank out one one show basically every week. So uh, proud of that. So, you know, real real quick before we before we jump into all this, um, you know, we've we've been doing we're at around three three hundred shows. Uh, we've had a, a little over three million listens. Um, you know, we've had about thirty companies that have come on the show and gotten acquired and. So big thank you to to not only everybody who's ever been a guest on the show, but but huge thank you to everybody who listens to the show. You know, week in and week out, uh, the numbers have grown, uh, the audience has grown, which has been really really awesome. Uh, thank you for telling a friend. Thank you for recommending us to other people and so forth. I think you know from time to time, people will say, "Hey, what what new shows do you guys you know do people listen to?" And we see our name pop up. So big thank you to everybody who listens to the show. And uh, I'm Aaron. I'm. I'm still to this day surprised that that anybody gives us 30 minutes a week. Um, I'm shocked. I, yeah. <laughs> do, do, do you do you remember do you remember like our first pitch to the first couple of guests that we made? Do you remember what that was? It, it was basically along the lines of, "Yeah, we don't have a clue. Um, can you help us?" And people did. <laughs> yeah, I remember it being something along the lines of like, "Hey, we're we're two nobodies. Uh, we'd like to learn about whatever you're smart about, and we'll record it and put it on the internet." You know, to this day, I think I think our pitch is still basically the same thing. It's just now it's like, "Hey, um, a bunch of people listen," but it's still like, "Hey, <laughs> would would you like to come tell us what you're smart about, and we'll record it and put it on the internet?" So it's uh, like yeah. I feel I feel like we're a little bit like Craigslist. Like we really haven't changed our format in in a long time, um, and it. I'm glad people like it. We've tried to listen to feedback, but uh, yeah, it's been it's been an interesting ride. So yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> so we were uh, we we had a lot of big plans for for what was going to be show 300. I think the big thing we were we were going to do was we were going to try and get some some folks from our family to uh, to come and tell us what they think we do or or why we why we do this at night or whatever we recorded. We we didn't get a chance to get around to that. We will uh, get some of those out because they're a little bit funny. Um, but uh, why don't we why don't we get started? I think we we thought what we'd try and do this week um, with this show is is be a little re- you know introspective and, and retrospective, look back at the last six years in terms of trends and stuff, and and kind of figure out you know where we where we thought we were going to be and where we are and and uh, what worked and didn't work and and all that sort of stuff. So um, you want to you want to kind of jump into it? What I guess looking back, what's what's surprised you the most or or what's maybe not surprised you the most over where we've, where, where not, not so much the show, but like where the industry has been over the last five or six years. Um, you know, it's one of those, the, the, not the rise of it was the surprise, just the level of the rise. And that, that's simply, um, AWS and, and public cloud as a whole, you know, way, way, way back when, when we got this going was, you know, AWS was really just hitting their stride. And I, I think the first reinvent was that year and no one knew exactly how big they were, but it felt like something. And, and, you know, now they're just this monster that just keeps on chugging along. But also at the same time, uh, you know, the, the, the rising tide floats all boats, you know, at, at 
Azure and, and Google Cloud kind of being legitimate contenders as well. Um, that for me, you know, in, in hindsight, it's like, well, yeah, of course. And we kind of always were hoping and thinking that would happen. But just the level of it um, has been amazing to me. Yeah, I think, you know, like the one stat that always kind of jumps out at me, I mean, we can we could look at all sorts of numbers, but, you know, the fact that that those kind of companies, the the uh, AWS, uh, Azure, Google are spending over a billion dollars a quarter, a billion dollars a quarter on on sort of data center infrastructure, um, you know, and, and granted, some of that goes for people like Google goes into to search and, and other things. But I mean, that's a that's a massive, massive investment. And it, and it sort of lends itself towards, you know, where we'll see the the big consolidation of computing go in the future. So yeah, I think, yeah. I think that surprised we, we us a lot. We need to have Simon back on the show. So, you know, if, for, for those of you, it's been a while since we had Simon Wardley on the show, but we've been a huge fan. And he called it way back when of, you know, he, he the the idea here of unless you have billions, um, you are not going to be able to participate in this. And here we are, um, however many years later, and, and that is exactly true. Um, you know, and I remember a number of years ago when all the big companies like IBM and Cisco and a bunch of others, we're going to invest a billion dollars in building a cloud. Yeah, that, that used to be the big. That used to be I the don't big, know the, big headline. Right, and 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 Simon used to kind of go, yeah, that's not even going to get you started, and everyone would kind of laugh, but it's true. Yeah, it's exactly true. It very much came to that. I I think um, you know another big thing that that sort of gotten me over the last five or six years is uh, you know there used to be when we first got started back uh, again um, when when we sort of were following a lot of people but but didn't really know anybody there was kind of this this little crowd of people called the Clouderati. Uh, you had people like uh, Chris Hoff. You had um, uh, Simon uh, from from who's now at Bromium. Um, you had you know Sam uh, Sam Johnston. You had a bunch of people. Uh, a lot of those folks have, have gone on to do very very interesting things. Um, you know some of them have become CTOs and CISOs at places. Others have started companies. You know Christian Riley, who was our very first guest, uh, is now the the CTO at, at Citrix. You know I'll, I'll throw this out to people. Um, you know if you if you ever go back and you want to listen to a really informative show, um, and I go back and listen to our first show from time to time just to kind of see how bad it was. But but if you go back, <laughs> you know from a production, <laughs> you know we had, we had no clue what we were doing. But if you go back and listen to Christian on the very first show. Uh, you know, he was part of an organization. He was he was at a company called Bechtel, which you know is, is huge in construction, right? Not a not a digital company at the time, and they were doing things like moving their uh, computing assets into colos that were as close to the the internet, you know, um, you know, naps uh, at the time. They were. You know, they were not only virtualizing things, which was kind of a thing, but highly automating things, you know, trying to build service layers onto stuff. I mean, this was five, six, seven years ago. And, um, you know, just to sort of see the the vision of what their CTO wanted to do at the time, their CIO wanted to do at the time was, was pretty amazing. Um, and I think if you go back and listen to that show, you could probably say that's where a lot of companies are today in terms of them saying, well, I want to do digital transformation. So it, it gives a little bit of a sense of like, as much as we think this stuff is going ridiculously fast, uh, it's still taking people many, many years to get to something and, and you have to have the vision to get there. Yeah. And, and so many of uh, you know the folks that, that we tend to kind of run in circles at all these shows and, and, and everyone's kind of talking is, yeah, everyone goes, oh yeah, it's an innovation just getting faster and the, and the curves are just getting faster and and but at the same time then you step back and you, you do kind of go okay a lot of people are just where the innovators were six years ago five years ago yeah um 
And that that says a lot. And also, too, I think part of the, the Clatterati kind of moving on is because they kind of did their thing. They understood it. And then they kind of just were like, all right, I'm going to go off and do do the next thing. Um, and they were just that far ahead that they've already ridden that wave and gone on to the next thing. And other people are just kind of starting to pop their head up and figure out. Um, you know, I, I think for me, the one thing we 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 could say we, we probably got. I don't want to say, well, yeah, maybe we did get it sort of completely wrong or at least partially wrong. I think, you know, we got swept up in the in the OpenStack uh, concept. And, and I, you know, the more I go back and think about the OpenStack stuff, you know, I think there was a part of it that was interesting because it was, you know, it was software infrastructure, which was very different than than kind of hardware-centric infrastructure at the time. I mean, for, for those of you that have been listening to the show for a long, long time, we, we originally called the show Two Guys, One Wire because we were... We were interested in converged infrastructure, you know, which way back in the time was sort of this this blending of of a lot of hardware elements. Um, so it was software infrastructure. It was open source, which I think kind of rattled a lot of people's cage because it was, you know, this we're going to be free VMware or cheaper VMware, which, you know, the VMware world would, was sort of where we got started. And then it introduced this idea of, of, of foundations and, you know, we'll, we'll talk more about foundations. But I think, you know, that was one that was sort of an inflection point, I think, for the show in terms of us figuring out where where we were going to focus on. And then, you know, I think it was a big inflection point for how the industry changed. Yeah. And, and not just that, too, but just think of it as, uh, you know, infrastructure as a service in general. A lot of the early shows were very much more. CloudStack, OpenStack, and Eucalyptus. Remember them? Yeah. Um, and, <laughs> and, and it was really interesting, too, because you had some really interesting trade-offs and a lot of people just wanting to know trade-offs and, and, okay, this one's open source, this one isn't, this one really, really works, but maybe only has one or two vendors behind it. Um, this one is, is much more complex, but is much more open and has, uh, has a lot of different vendors. And it was really interesting for me from an education standpoint to watch that first wave in the industry kind of uh, peak and then diminish over time and then get replaced with some of these other things. And, you know, at this point we've ridden, you know, all depending on how many you count or how big you count on maybe three, four or five uh, different waves over the, the life of this podcast. And I do feel like, you know, you actually did the analyst job as your day job for a while, but, but we get to do, you know, the armchair quarterback uh, analysis of a lot of these and, and we'll sit around and have beer on the weekends and kind of talk about a lot of this and where things are going. And I feel like over time we've been able to hit them pretty good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We've gotten, we've gotten better at the prediction game. <laughs> yeah. I think we, we, we've been, yeah, we've been reasonably good. And I think, you know, to a certain extent, we, we've always tried to stay, I don't know, maybe a couple of years, 18 months ahead of where some of this stuff is, um, partially because we're curious and so forth. So so let me ask this sort of last piece around this to you, uh, you know, and we'll get into sort of where investments are going. But I mean, do you see anything sort of slowing down? Do you see sort of a, a peaking of, of some of these these tech curves and, and things starting to normalize a little bit? Or do you see sort of a an end game emerging for people that, that might last for the next four or five years? Uh, yeah, I, I actually do. I, I, I think the end game is going to be this mixed mode model, if you will, of uh, certainly a lot of, of the public cloud increasing. And then I certainly a lot of the on-prem, whether it's Kubernetes or some of these others. I, but I do think everyone's going to settle into the right infrastructure for the right use case. Because I think for too often, everyone was like, oh, this is the one that's going to solve everything. I can put all of my infrastructure in this configuration and it'll run everything. And everyone's kind of realizing, hey, that's kind of a mess. Like if you do that, that's kind of a mess. You can't solve 
solve all of those problems a lot of times. Um, and this more specialized, you know, breaking out of the infrastructure, um, you know, that isn't, I, but I don't think it's even one or two. I think it's like, Hey, five or six different models or different kinds of architecture, um, in a enterprise's plan. Yeah. going forward. Yeah. So one of the things we track is, or we try and track is, is, is kind of this idea of following the money. Um, you know, where VCs are investing money. Uh, we, we sort of specifically have tracked it around guests who have been on the show. I think it, it helps us get a sense of, um, you know, maybe, maybe where trends are going, uh, where things might be hype versus reality. What, what, are, what are you seeing in that space um, in terms of, you know, money flows and, and uh, investment levels and stuff? Yeah, the, the, probably the, I mean, the biggest thing, and I think this is pretty obvious, is um, VC investments in infrastructure. Um, it's just becoming more and more rare. Um, I, and I think that, again, is that a little bit of uh, that wave uh, kind of go in its natural course. Um, a lot of the markets have moved on. Um, they are investing into other areas and in, in investing higher in the stack. Um, I, I think a lot of the lower level problems in the stack are just getting solved at this point. Yeah, no, I, I tend to agree. I, we, we, we keep this one spreadsheet um, that, you know, that sort of tracks you know, again, investments around people that we've talked to and so forth. And what, what I used to do was if you, you know, if you had shown up on the show and you'd gotten investment like VC investment after being on the show, I would sort of uh, mark that in green um, and leave the other ones, you know, leave them blank. Uh, and, and it used to be that almost every line or every other line item for a long time in that spreadsheet was, was green. People were getting investments. We were seeing incremental investments. And over the last basically 18 months, um, those green lines have, have become very few and far between. Um, so it, it, I think it, I think we're seeing, like you said, less investment, less kind of follow on investment. So it's tough for people to get out of those early rounds. Um, I am still sort of surprised sometimes when I see companies make big investments in in hardware centric companies. You know, even if they're these hyper converged companies, that that still sort of surprises me. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I think you're absolutely right. I think, um, and we've talked to some of the VCs about this, um, you know, the reluctance to, to invest in, in sort of infrastructure software, if you will, uh, because of the, the predominance of what happens in the public cloud or that, that, that capability could just become a service in the public cloud. I think that's, um, definitely on the minds of, of VCs these days, both, both in tools and infrastructure and, and so stuff like that. Yeah. And, and I would also add too. so, you know, the two big trends I think that we kind of rode when it comes to VC related stuff um, is infrastructure and, and open source companies. And, and yeah, coming from a uh, hardware centric uh, startup that that, you know, did get a good exit. Um, I, I will say this, you know, looking back, um, it is it is mind bogglingly complex when it comes to doing a hardware um, startup and and and, uh, and you know I can't I can't speak as much to the open source startup side of the house but but it, it definitely seems like you have different set of challenges a, a hardware infrastructure startup is definitely has a lot of upfront costs and its supply chain and all these other things. And I feel like an open source, uh, uh startup has the exact opposite problem. It's probably a lot easier to get stuff out there, but then it's harder to monetize. Um, yeah. so you almost have two, two sides of a coin that we've been following each with their own unique set of challenges without a doubt. But at the same time, it does seem like, um, maybe you could comment more on the, uh, open source, uh, VC, uh, side of things with, from the spreadsheet, but it almost seems like money's kind of drying up everywhere. 
Yeah, and I think we're gonna we're gonna dump we're gonna jump into the the open source VC stuff here in a second. I, I think you know we, we've said a few times in the show. I think uh, you know VMware is is very possibly the last sort of proprietary software you know enterprise software company that we'll see get get as big as they did. Um, you know, I think the VirtuStream may be the the last billion dollar service provider that we see get acquired um, in that space. I mean, we've seen Rackspace Rackspace struggle with some. We've seen uh, you know, uh, we saw Virgistream get acquired as a service provider, but they almost were like more of an overlay than, than being a cloud or service provider. And, and SolidFire obviously had a, a, a big exit. Um, but, but I think we'll see, we'll see that decline too, in terms of like not SolidFire, but, but sort of the hardware acquisition space. Um, you know, I, I think those, those may go down as sort of kind of benchmark kind of companies in this in this era in terms of you know will we see something like that again um and i don't know that we will uh, i think um you know we'll see but let's 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 let, let's let's talk a little bit about a kind of about sort of the open source space um you know both of us now over the last six years have, have had a chance to to be involved with open source not just kind of an observer but directly you you were involved um with you know when you were at Citrix, with what uh, which what was you know CloudStack the cloud.com stuff it got acquired it became CloudStack there was a whole open source space around that I was involved with with OpenStack with Lou Tucker at Cisco and did some open source stuff at, at EMC and now it's my my day job at Red Hat what what have you seen happen in open source over the last five or six years Well so it's been really interesting and I didn't this is something I kind of learned over time. Um, it, it, it seems like both uh, I can actually approach it from two different ways, from from the CloudStack days as well as from SolidFire days, integrating with either CloudStack or OpenStack. So I'll come at it to come at that answer two ways. Um, you always had kind of two kinds of customers um, in there. The, you had the the big customers who were super in, interested in it, super invested in it, had very large architecture and development staffs, and, and they were actively, you know, writing for it. They were maybe serving on the boards. They were, um, you know, uh, serving as project leads and and really, really invested in the product itself, no matter what it was. Um, and, but at the same time, you know, there, there's a lot of overhead there. There's a lot of expertise there. And, and you know, there's there's been some kind of horror stories in, in the industry, um, uh, more specifically, probably in the OpenStack space, I can name a bunch of them where, you know, entire groups kind of overnight left one, one customer and went to another. Um, and, and so it was really interesting to see uh, those big customers and their reasons and motives for being involved in, in open source. Um, and then you had the smaller customers who they just want they just want stuff to work yeah um and they don't necessarily want to hire a bunch of people and they don't necessarily maybe want to you know do code commits back and some of these other things and and so you had these two interesting camps develop over time and it was interesting to see um you know which one are you serving right is it the the greater good of open source or or is it the you know just get shit done model um sometimes it was both 
But I'll be honest, I felt like more and more it was one or the other at times, right? And um, it's been really, really interesting to see just open source ecosystems and how they operate over time and also how they shift over time. Um, I would say, you know, uh, uh, from the ones I've been involved in, um, you know, what they believe and how they operate one year is maybe not necessarily the same they would two or three years from now. Um, So and then, of course, you know, there's the monetization aspects of all of it. And, you know, is monetization? good or is it bad right um which is a whole other topic <laughs> how about you yeah i know you're right um so i i think i think i've seen a, a few different things i think um you know from from the perspective of being uh, you know involved with a couple of different vendors who are doing it i think it's um it is one of these things where it's very hard for companies who who don't sort of have open sources as part of their go-to-market, um, it, it's difficult to sort of get involved in those communities, right? I think there's this, sometimes this belief that like, well, you know, if we if we put some stuff on GitHub, um, you know, sort of sort of build it and they will come. Um, it, it, is, it is very hard to sort of introduce open source into your portfolio if it's not part of your DNA. Um, it's your sales reps don't understand the concept of, of stuff that's, you know, at its core given away for free, or they don't understand the concept of, of trying to sell against something that's you know exactly the same as what's available for free like that that was a a, i think a difficult thing and so we've we've seen some companies who um have tried to be in open source after being proprietary companies who you know have some struggles with it um they struggle everything from you know their legal departments allowing them to to put stuff on github to you know what's the what's the business model how do you incent your field people to deal with it how do you how do you mix that in the portfolio? So that's been one part of it. I think has been interesting. Um, I've been very surprised at at how many companies, like end user customers, um, are now making you know open source, especially this this sort of leading edge open source stuff like containers and Kubernetes and and other things, um, just kind of part of their their everyday. Like that's that's the technology they're going to use. Um, you know, and we see we see that become the thing that they compare other stuff to. Um, so I, I've been very interested and in, in surprised over the last, say, 12 to 18 months at, at how regularly that happens at very large companies, not just, you know, I think early on when we talked to people, you'd go, well, you know, who are the types of companies that you work with? And they would go, well, it's the, um, uh, it's the you know, mid-tier university out of the Philippines is doing this side project. And then, you know, some other, and, and now it's like, you know, the banks, the insurance companies, the automotive companies, you know, across the world, across are, are making that pretty, pretty viable. You know, the other thing that's been interesting, uh, in, in the open source space is to watch, you know, there, there's, there's this new focus on, on user experience, uh, you know, user interface. And I think a lot of that's driven because of the iPhone and how simple it is to, you know, the iPhone and Android, how simple it is around apps. Um, uh, it's interesting to see this resurgence in open source around, people kind of building sort of an open core model, uh, but the open core piece isn't really like unique features. It tends to be more sort of like, hey, we're, we're going to make our, our our proprietary stuff around the user interface and the experience and stuff. So we've seen, you know, sort of Docker trying to do stuff like that. Pivotal's trying to do some things like that. Uh, Cloudera has been trying to do some of that. Um, so it'll be interesting to see if, if that approach becomes a viable monetization model. Um, you know, and there's different, our friend J, uh, Joseph Jacks JJ, who was at uh, uh, was early in the Kubernetes days, is starting to track that stuff, and we've got some stuff in the show notes around that. So let's kind of move on to the next thing then. Um, 
something else I think we've seen as a trend uh, over the years was this kind of divide uh, between those on the cloud band bandwagon and, and those that aren't. And the, the this one's been more subtle um, and probably a little bit harder to find because the revenue doesn't exactly track this, but, but tell it, what's your thoughts on this a little bit more? Um, you know, where do you kind of see the next couple of years of the, the industry going and where do you think this is all going to play out in the end? Yeah. So, you know, it was, I think it was interesting when we were, when we were first starting the show, uh, like we said, Amazon was just starting to kind of, you know, get up some momentum, but they were still less than a billion dollars a year company. Um, and, and so, you know, a lot of the people that, that we knew, the communities that we knew, um, were, were still very tied to things that were sold on-prem, you know, delivered and operated on-prem and so forth. Um, and, and there, you know, we used to joke like the, the easiest way to sell against the public cloud was to basically say, well, it's probably going to fail. You know, it's only been a couple of, you know, it's been a couple of months, so it's, it, it should go down here pretty soon for a weekend. And, uh, and oh, by the way, you're going to lose your job. And so it was, you know, it, we used to joke that was probably the, the easiest sales pitch you could make to anybody about why you should keep stuff on prem. It was very interesting this last couple of weeks. I, I you know, we, we had a chance to go to say like the serverless conference. And then I was at an, the interop event um, out in Las Vegas, which is still very kind of infrastructure centric. And obviously serverless was, you know, the world's going all serverless and everything will be out of, you know, serverless a service out of the public cloud. And then a couple of weeks later I was at the interop show and there were people literally just raising their hands. Um, when we would, when we would talk about topics and they would go, yeah, yeah, yeah that, that technology is all well and good. Like, am I going to have a job in five years? And I, I think the start, the, the contrast between those two things is really kind of startling to me. Um, you, you know, in terms of like, th- there's a certain amount of it that makes me think, you know, when I look at something, say, like the, the U.S. election, where you had this big thing between, you know, what they call like the coastal elites and the people in the Midwest who were struggling because the factory jobs had kind of gone away. And like, I, it feels like the gap between the, the people who have jumped on the bandwagon and those who didn't is is growing very quickly. Yeah. And along those lines, too, what's what's super interesting there, um, kind of an unrelated fact but also uh kind of you can use the the analogy forward um at the turn of the the last century so you know in 1900 like i don't remember the exact percentage but it was like 90 some percent of uh the occupations in the united states was farming yep and then at the end of the century so going into 2000 it was only it was the exact flip. It was like less than five percent um, is left as is farmers in the United States or something like that. I don't remember the exact figures, right. but but the idea was at the beginning of the century, everyone was farming and no one could envision or picture anyone doing anything other than that. And then at the turn of the century, people were doing jobs that weren't even invented yet and weren't even created yet. Right and. Uh, everything kind of went to commodity, if you will, over time, right? And and we are probably at that point in the industry where the reason why there is this level of confusion is because maybe the next set of jobs haven't been invented yet. Yeah, no, I think there's a I think there's a real really reality that I I I forwarded a tweet that that I saw this morning that was like you know here's ten jobs that have been invented in the last seven years. Right. And that, or maybe it was the last 10 years. Anyways, it was basically aligned to when the iPhone came out. And if you think about it, I think it was 2007, both the iPhone came out 
and Amazon Web Services had their first like two or three services that were out. So if you if you think yep. about the impact that those two things have had on all sorts of stuff. So it was like, well, there's there was never Uber drivers, there was never cloud engineers, there was never social media people, there was, you know, there was never uh, you know, stuff like I think YouTube came out around that same year too. There was never people who were um, you know, putting their entire career on YouTube as say like a musician or an entertainer or something. Uh, I think you're right. A lot of these jobs don't exist yet, but they will become some sort of byproduct of this sort of digitization of business, right? You know, we talk about it yeah, and I, and a I, software company. Exactly. And I still firmly believe that, you know, the next big vendors in the industry are still developing, but I think we're going to, you know, j- just the same way we had IBM, Cisco, HP, Dell, you know, we very hardware centric companies, you know, there will be a, a point in time where the biggest tech, tech companies in the industry um, from an infrastructure standpoint will be the, the likes of AWS, Azure, Google Cloud, et cetera. And of course, you know, and let's not forget, just because we tend to talk about the public cloud on this show, the SaaS based offerings, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, you look at you look at Salesforce, you look at some of these other things, you, you know, if if a company is going to start a a new company and, and doing tech, I mean, they're insane uh, these days to really install traditional infrastructure, right? It's everything, get everything through SaaS or yeah. get everything through public cloud. <clears throat> well, and I, and I think the other thing that, that that's worth watching is, um, you know, not just the, say like the, the company that, that might be out in front or something, you know, like an Amazon or a, you know, whatever it's, can the ecosystem around it make money? Right. So we used to like Diane Green, when she was at VMware, used to have this famous quote where she would say, um, you know, because people were afraid of virtualization, it was gonna, it was gonna get rid of jobs, it was gonna replace hardware, it was gonna. And she would say, "Look, here's the deal: for every dollar that VMware makes, there's ten to fifteen dollars that the ecosystem's going to make because of of the change that it makes to things, and whether that's in hardware or in services or other types of software. Um, and so, I think it's important when people are trying to figure out like where's the trends going, is to not just say, "Oh, well, you know, something's hot like a containers or something like that." It's can the can the can the strong players in that place drive uh, you know revenue for the whole ecosystem? Like is that, because that's you know the ecosystem allows something to to get broad and and scale. Um, you know the, the 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 you know sort of the community of people who who help sell it and service it and and customize it. They have to be able to be successful in these things. And I think if you look at the big trends, whether it's you know around mobile, we, we've seen certain ecosystems evolve. We've seen the Salesforce ecosystem is massive. Um, that's another big thing to, to go watch: is can can you can you make your partners money, or you know, or are you the only one who who makes any money in that? And that's a that's a hard thing for for it to scale if that's the case. And we keep saying it over and over: just you know, follow the money. That's yeah. one of the 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 biggest secrets. <laughs> well, not really secret, but that's been one of the biggest themes of our, our our show has been we we tend to connect the dots by following the money. Yeah, yeah, As it, yeah. Because because the reality is there will always be some cool new technology that's coming next. Um, you know, and it might be the exact same thing as, as something else. So, hey, um, yep. so you know, you and I talk all the time because um, we're always trying to figure out: do we uh, not not do we keep doing the show, but you know, where do we, what do we focus the show on? Um, obviously we've spent a little bit of time lately focusing on, on serverless cause it feels like a, a little bit of a paradigm shift in terms of, you know, what is the platform? How do applications get built? What are some of the other things give, give listeners a sense of what are some of the other things we've been kind of kicking around that, 
are not only interesting to us, but we may, you know, focus the show on a little bit more than maybe we have in the past. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it's really interesting because for us, again, you know, it, it, it's sad when we're like, okay, serverless. Okay, we've been there, done that now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but um, you know, it, what we're really looking forward to is, again, trying to really stay in front and really trying to figure out, you know, where everyone is going next and, and uh, probably going to be not shifting the show, certainly. But what, we, what we've been talking about is kind of doing, you know, almost like clusters of shows, if you will, of, um, you know, a series. And, and certainly something around AI. Uh, AI is getting a lot of, of attention, without a doubt, in the industry right now. Uh, and, and more of like business-centric, uh, both SaaS and, and public cloud kind of things. And, and then as well as I, I feel like now that everyone's starting to settle in to – I'm going to finally use the term multi-cloud, right? Because I felt like there was a lot of times everyone's like, oh, multi-cloud, multi-cloud. But no one ever did it. Yeah. Um, but I think everyone is now starting to understand, okay, um, Azure has these strengths. On-prem has this strength with this app I'm running. AWS has this strength. And everyone is actually starting to embrace not just, hey, I, I'm going to go here and then I'm going to shift to there, but actually running different workloads in different, different places. And what does that mean? Yeah. Um, from from an operations perspective, from an architecture perspective. So we definitely have some upcoming um, um, topics and, and some some guests potentially slated around things like that as well. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, we're not going to we're not we're not we're not abandoning the cloud. I, I think it becomes the the foundation of what we're doing. But I think we, we do want to, you know, keep it keep the show relevant, keep it keep it moving forward and, and sort of looking at, um, you know, what what are the things that are kind of you know, now that you've got certain amounts of, of stability in the base, uh, you know, wh- what do those new business models look like? Um, and, and so, yeah, that's, I think why we're going to, we're going to have, um, you know, kind of an increased focus, not a, a new focus, but sort of an increased focus on, you know, what does this mean for people's business? What is, what is some of this digitization, digital transformation sort of mean and, and try and put it in, in a way that that's hopefully helpful for you guys to understand. So. Well, listen, let me yep. let, let, yep. let's 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 sort of wrap up, uh, you know, again, thank you again to everybody who, who listens every week. And, and, and uh, it's it's pretty amazing. I know you you and I were were out at the serverless conf, uh, you know, whenever it was a couple of weeks ago. Um, and we literally had people um, who, we, we, you know, it was a small show and we had people who come up to us and they would say, you know, it's been weird. Uh, you guys were standing behind us for the, standing behind me for the last four or five minutes. And I heard you talking and I know your voice. Like I've had your voice in my head for the last couple of years. And it's like, like those are the kind of things that are crazy when, when people tell us they listen to the show. So, so thank you to everybody who, who listens. Um, let me ask you one last show to sort of, or one last question to wrap this up. Um, let's talk about something boring, right? We always talk about leading edge and what's going on. Um, there's a little bit of, of a, of a new trend that people are saying, Hey, go, go make some of this stuff boring, make the infrastructure boring. Um, there was people calling out, you know, containers when, when there was some of the hashing back and forth between rocket and core OS and different foundations and make that boring. I mean, do, do you think we'll ever see in our kind of cutthroat industry, people striving to make stuff boring or, is, you know, are there going to be areas that become boring? Well, so again, I'm going to go back to Simon Woodley once again, and just the, the, you have a struggle here in that when you hit mass adoption, you also hit commodity. Yep. And how do you, whether it's you know differentiate differentiate yourself, maybe it's price, whether it's features, how do you stick out in a commodity world? 
And that isn't a challenge even necessarily of, you know, infrastructure is boring kind of mentality, right? That is just the state of a very mature market that doesn't, because we say it's commodity, some people kind of say, well, that's negative connotation and, and maybe there's not money to be made there. There is. There's money to be made. There's money to be made at scale. But but how do you how do you walk that very fine line between um, mass adoption and commoditization and differentiation all at the same time? And I don't have a good answer there. I, I will say I'm looking forward to it because it certainly means that it is, a, you know, everyone wants this to be mass adopted. OK, great. It's mass adopted. Oh, no. Now it's boring. Huh? <laughs> it's like you can't have it both ways. Which one do you want, right? And and I'm really really happy about it, and and we'll certainly continue to follow everything, and 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 certainly keep doing shows on it as well. Yeah, I, I think um, so. We'll have to go back and, and look at a little bit of stuff and see if we can if we can put some some numbers to this and so forth. But you know, even just if we think about the 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 life cycle of this show, so you know, we, we keep saying six or seven years. You know, when we first got started, virtualization was was kind of a big deal. You know, like sort of server virtualization was a big deal. It was changing a lot. Um, people were were reshaping how they did operations. It was it was driving the SDN you know sort of push around networking. And, and here we are, you know, six, seven years later and, you know, nobody talks about what's new in virtualization, right? So you had a, an industry, you know, reshaping thing that's become boring. Um, I think we think about the iPhone. It was, you know, it was was revolutionary at the time. Um, and nowadays, you know, Apple does a thing and we all go, eh, okay, it's newer, it's faster, it's thinner, it's whatever, you know, and, and maybe we'd like the glass to not break so much or we'd like it to be waterproof, but, but the smartphone has essentially become boring. So, you know, I think we, we go through these cycles of, you know, maybe it's seven years, maybe it's 10 years. I think it's going to depend a little bit about stuff, but things do eventually become boring. Um, and, and we move on to, you know, the next thing we don't abandon the old thing, but I, you know, I think we're going to start to see where you can kind of map a little bit of, you know, how fast will a cycle or a hype, um, go from, you know, hype to, you know, operational to, to sort of boring. Um, and I, you know, I think it's a good thing. I mean, we, you know, people don't, they don't freak out about some of those things like they used to anymore. Um, but, but you do see, like you said, the, the sort of mass adoption has to happen. Uh, consolidation happens in the industry around who, you know, who wins and loses. And, um, and we, we all sort of move on. And, and it's like, we've always said, um, you, you better be good at learning. You better be good at being curious because, you know, we're, we're not going to have 20 year cycles anymore where the industry just sort of, you know, you can do one job for, for 15 or 20 years or one, one segment of an industry. Yep. So listen, man, uh, we've been rambling for a while. Uh, we've been going on, on episode 300. Um, any, any last thoughts or you want to wrap it up and take us home? Uh, well, I mean, just the biggest thought I'd say is just thank you. Um, I, I, I just have to echo the sentiment of, you know, when we started all of this, I don't know that uh, I ever thought uh, we could measure the amount of episodes in hundreds and the amount of listeners in millions. Um, that was certainly uh, never kind of a of this, but we're we're certainly happy it, it, it turned into that. It, it, we're we're really happy people have decided to kind of share the journey with us and, and have really been able to dig into the learning and sharing aspects of all of this. So we certainly thank you for that. Um, and with that, uh, we're just going to kind of wrap it up here, and uh, we'll talk to everyone next week. Thanks for your time. Thank you for listening to the Cloudcast. Please visit thecloudcast.net to find more shows, show notes, videos, and everything social media. 